like, are you on your period? Like those types of oh, I hate that. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Filtered. If you have made it this far, congratulations, because we are on our fifth episode, everybody. Can I just say for all of you who got past that first episode, God bless you, because (laughs) that was an interesting one. (laughs) Um, Anyway, if you have if you guys don't know our names, I'm Sharon. I'm Benita. I'm Celine. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Hannah. So we're going to start a mini series about mental health. And this is our first episode. We just want to say that mental health is like a variety of things, right? It doesn't just encompass just when we think mental health, we majorly think anxiety and depression. But I just want to say that people go through like PTSD, OCD, ADHD, like like just regular stress and um, addiction. All of that is underneath this um like it's like underneath mental health and I just want to say that who like whoever's listening to us I just want to make you guys aware that this is a big topic and then we will try to hit all the points but you know um if we don't please please let us know and we can talk about it in our next stop in our next podcast and to facilitate and help us have this conversation we have brought in a wonderful guest all right now let me just introduce her for you all right this person has been in our lives for a long time we have seen her through her teenage years her 20s well she's still 20s but her college years as a wife and as a mom she's not just a sister to one of us hannah but to (laughs) but to all of us and can i just say she is the perfect person for this podcast because i mean for this episode because she is a social worker so let me just introduce Justine Jones. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be nervous. Oh. Hi, guys. I'm We're so excited, excited to have you on today. Thank you. And you look beautiful, even though no one can see you that's listening. <laughs> she looks great, guys. I think she thought this was like a recording, like we could see your face because she looks awesome right now. <laughs> I'm just always prepared. <laughs> So, um, so tell us about yourself. What made you go into this field? Well, um, what made me go into this field? I actually did not want to be, I'm a social worker and I'm also a therapist and I did not want to be in this field. I actually, this is the last thing I wanted to do. I was studying to be an occupational therapist and, um, God literally closed all those doors. I didn't get into any schools. (laughs) (laughs) that's the only reason why I didn't pursue that and um I just prayed about it it took me a year to figure out what I'm going to do and I um I applied to certain different programs and the only programs that I got to got into was social work (laughs) so won't he do it it's the only school yeah that's the only programs that I've gotten into I wasn't even a fan of it when I started it but once I did I I loved it and I I still love it you got in so that we could all get free therapy 
Amen. For real. She is the therapist, bro. Wait, so what made you go into the mental health aspect of social work? My mom's also a social worker, so she has a lot of experience in this field. And she did not want me to go into the social justice side of it because she has and she experienced a lot. Um, I got lucky with my school. I got um, a lot of experience in different fields of social work and therapy. And I fell in love with the therapy aspect of it. Um, um, and yeah, I just, I studied it and then I realized I just wanted to continue doing it. And that's where my uh, passion was when it comes to my field. And how long have you been doing it? I have been doing this for, I think four or five years now. Wow, that's crazy. She's been my therapist for the past 20 years. <laughs> Honestly, though, for real. Sometimes I'll be like, where's just, you know, I need to talk. But sometimes she does tell me, not right now, Hannah, I'm off the clock. You know what? We believe, <laughs> <laughs> we believe in boundaries. So I... sometimes I'll ask her to diagnose me. And she says, uh, let me see the down payment first and then we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think down payment down is payment? the word. The my, her, her, my insurance doesn't <laughs> cover so um like what is your experience with like mental health and like throughout these years like taking like not like not with your job or anything but just like in your own life yeah personally I mean I didn't hear when I was growing up I didn't hear too much about mental health I mean obviously there was a little awareness about it but not as much as education there is on it now. And obviously just in my personal life, I go, I have my bouts of anxiety um, that I didn't really know about um, until I was in college and I took a psych class and they were just teaching us, you know, I had to take it. It was a prerequisite. I uh, didn't really know a lot about um, mental health until I took that psych class. And um, I learned about what anxiety was. And then like, I didn't know what anxiety was until um, they shared what it was. And they're like, oh, you have this, you have that, you have that. And I'm like, oh, why are they talking about me? It sparked an interest in me because academics was not my thing. And psych, though, was something that I was um, very, very um, passionate about in school. And then once I kind of learned, oh, there's a whole world out there that there's not an awareness of in our, my regular life, you know, in my family life, in my my school life, in my personal life, there's just, there's not a lot of awareness. So isn't it kinda... crazy? I'm sorry. Isn't it crazy how like no one really talks about it and it's such a big thing in, I feel like when I was studying, um, they were saying how everyone has some sort of mental health situation going on, right? But people go like gravitate more towards like physical health. Like they don't really take care of the mind. They go for like, you know, I have heart issues or I have high blood pressure. I have um, like, you know, all of those stuff, but then people don't really talk about your like psych issues, you know? And I think that's just crazy. Because every one of us has some type in some degree, right? And it's not just like girls. It's also guys. Right. It's everybody. And there's a huge stigma with mental health because number one is people are afraid to actually share what's going on. And there's a lot of shame related to mental health. And I think that if anybody were to um, actually 
you know, face on what's going on situationally or what's going on mentally, it's, it's scary. I think some people are like, I don't know what to do. And so I'm not going to say anything, but there's a huge stigma around mental health that uh, we're trying to break. And even with this podcast. I also feel like, especially growing up in a Christian South Asian community, I mean, now it's very different. And I also thank my parents because they're very open about the idea of mental health and getting um, like help and stuff like that. But like beforehand, I feel like it was like almost like I don't want to use the word embarrassing, but it was like em- like almost embarrassing to like open up about like your feelings and your emotions, especially like to your parents and stuff. It's like it like kind of, especially when you're a Christian, right? It's like, oh, my God, I'm dealing with all this stuff. And it's like, OK, wait, I can't say anything because like oh, it's like, OK, are you not praying? Like, you know, like, are you not like figuring it out like are you not reading the bible enough like are you not like you know so I feel like there was always this like hush hush around it because you were like okay like I gotta figure it out on my own on my own so I feel like especially now I guess more I feel like with girls in our community than guys because I feel like guys are still having to like go through that yeah it's actually like I feel like now it's kind of breaking through but we're still so much to go yeah, I mean, I think especially with the community community that we were uh, that we grew up with. Again, I think there was just a lot of sometimes parents don't know how to handle these situations, or when they or when kids are saying that there's something is going on with them mentally. So they're just like, all right, let's deal with this, you know, just as quietly as we can, so that nobody else knows, and you know, we don't know how to deal with it, and we don't want anybody else, you know. We're, it's like a form of protection. They're trying to protect you by like keeping it hush. So that everybody like they're like I don't know what to do and I don't want other people to get involved. So I feel like I've learned to like give the community and like parents right. like grace because it's like there's something that they've never even experienced before. Like now, when we're growing up, we've been exposed to this, so we know how to like act, you know, or we know how to deal with it when on our future. Like even you, like when if Judah gets older, like you are open to that. But I feel like like understanding that our parents have never and our community has never like dealt with this kind of before because it was like never talked about years ago so I feel like understanding like okay they don't even know what's going on so obviously they're going to be scared right so and that's why communication is important like I think it's important to talk to your parents if you know depending on the nature of the relationship everyone's dynamics are different but to talk about it and in a way of just really sitting them down sitting them down and saying like this is what I'm going through and I like I just need you don't know that I'm going through this and um, also teaching them about what you're experiencing, because just like, you know, Becky said that you want to have, give them grace. They've, they've never really dealt with this. They've had to suppress a lot when they were growing up. So they're also learning with you. So I think it's important that you communicate and teach them like what is, what's going on with you and also give them that uh, education that it's not like something's wrong. <laughs> it's not like something's wrong with me it's just like this is what I'm experiencing Mm -hmm. this is what I'm experiencing and this is that you know I'm I'm not feeling well but there's not something wrong with me it's just Mm -hmm. I might need support I might need help I might need you to pray for me I might need you to contact um, you know a therapist or whatever or whoever but it, it, it opens up that conversation by saying like there's not something wrong um I feel like there are some parents still that yes, there are parents that are willing to learn and understand their children and hear their children, but there are still those parents who are not willing to accept 
that there is actually something wrong and there is something that your kid isn't feeling right. So how would you say like for that child to deal with all that when your parent doesn't accept? That's That's a hard situation to be in because when you're experiencing any bouts of mental health, you need support, right? And a lot of us go to our parents for that. And when we don't have that support, we feel very isolated. But when you are going through um, any form of mental health or if you're having a hard time, um, number one, I would say is even if it's not your parents to, to reach out to somebody that you feel safe with, to reach out and just say so that you know you're not alone during, during that situation. Even though you feel like your parents don't have that understanding, don't handle and fight your battles you know, just by yourself and make sure that you uh, communicate with someone. Um, and you know your parents best, even if you don't have the best relationship with them, you know your parents, you know the personalities that you're dealing with. So there's certain things that you might not have, to, you might not be able to directly communicate, but all show, showing them and sharing little bits of like, I'm not doing well because of this, or, you know, in little ways, communicate with them of, again, there's nothing wrong with me. It's just, I struggle in this area or, or just show them, or again, you, even if you might not have the best relationship with them, you know, the best, you know, the personalities that you're dealing with. So in the best way that you can, um, even if it's not you being upfront about what's going on, give them a little glimpse of what's happening, whether they're able to understand it or not, you know, at this moment. What if the parents are the ones causing the mental like anguish that people are going through? Because I know like some people, some brown parents are super like strict with their kids and like want them to succeed. And like, so that puts a lot of pressure on them. And like, they have the anxiety of wanting to succeed and prove their parents right and prove their parents that they are worthy of, I don't know what the wording is, but like, you know what I mean? And I think to add to that, that's what makes people like scared to open up. And that's what ter- like brings them away from like wanting to talk about it. Because also it's like, if your parents are the ones that are sometimes causing this, you don't want to tear yeah. down your parents. You want to be like, they're the reason I'm going through this. They're the reason I feel like this, yeah. like, you know? So that's the thing. Like, even, even if you don't have that relationship with your parents and as much as, you know, it would be ideal for us to communicate with us, our parents that's not always the case and again it's just making sure that you speak to somebody and whether your parents may not understand or not like you might not in this season you might not be able to communicate with your parents and and let them know and that's okay and um, and let's just pray I would definitely pray and say God you know and ask God for a um, for God to really speak to them because they're not able to listen to you but I would definitely say reach out to somebody Right. And just say like maybe a family member, maybe even if like, let's just say like, again, it's I think it's situation. It depends on the situation. But let's say like your parents are close with and they're they're, you know, siblings and you have you feel like you're able to talk to your aunt or your uncle and say like, hey, like I'm going through this, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know how to tell my parents. Or if you don't have that dynamic either, then again, reach out to a friend, reach out to a counselor, reach out to a therapist, reach out to somebody in church, someone that you feel safe enough to talk to about what's going on. And unfortunately, we would like, you know, our parents to be our biggest supports, but not everyone has that. And that's okay. But make sure, you know, you find that support. Can I just say conversation, bold it, underline it, size 50 font, because I feel like conversation is how you open up this topic in your own friend group when you have that kind of situation I feel like having 
a friend group that you can talk to um, and like talk about mental health is such a like a relief and I feel like a, such a burden off your shoulders and I feel like when you have like it's like a um, what's that word proactive measure right it's not when you something that go what it's not when something goes wrong that you try to fix it it's like it's like you'll have you know that they're there yeah exactly like you know that they are there and then once you already had have that conversation you're like okay we talked about mental health I can say something and I also think that I don't know like it's easier for people like I feel like it people should be aware kind of right about um, mental health and like the signs and symptoms of it because then it's I feel like it's easier for people to ask how are you doing today than for the people person who's going through it to be like hey I need help because I know I have issues being like I'm going through something I need help someone help me like it's so hard for me to say those words but like I feel like it's easier for someone to be like oh look she's doesn't seem like herself I agree like 100 percent um, so one of the questions that our audience members, <laughs> audience members, is that what they're? our best friends, our best friends <laughs> asked on um, our question platforms, <laughs> I don't know what they're called, Instagram and our anonymous Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> Excel oh. spreadsheet. <laughs> oh yeah, the forum. One of the questions we got was, how do you deal with mental health when there's no one you trust? Yeah. Well, that's definitely, you know, I think you have to seek out somebody then. Like, I think I know that everyone may not have the capability to do this, but a counselor or a therapist is great in that aspect because their job is confidentiality, is to make sure that they don't share anything with anybody and they're just talking to you about it. So reaching out to a counselor or a therapist where, um, again, it's just you and that counselor or that therapist has, that's having a conversation about what's going on with you. So I would definitely reach out to somebody like that because um, by law, they have to keep it quiet. <laughs> Wait, so basically you're saying you have to want to help yourself. Always, always. Because if you're, if you're in a position where you don't, like you literally, are at your end's will and like you don't want to help yourself what are you supposed to do then right we like I in my line of work when there's people that come in like because their parents make them come in and like they're just not doing well and they're like their parents force them to come in and I will have to say to those patients if you're not or those clients if you're not willing to do the work you don't we're not going to accept you here because when it comes to your mental health when it comes to your how you're feeling mentally just like you take care of yourself physically you have to take care of yourself mentally right and you have to be putting in the work and I think that's the thing like you have to be willing to be vulnerable and to be open about what's going on with your mental health or what's going on in your situation because nobody can help you the way that you can help yourself and that's really important for you to know when it comes to you feeling like you you know even if you don't feel like you can try like you want to be safe you want to feel emotionally safe with somebody when you are sharing what's going on I totally 100% get that but you have to be willing to maybe put down or uh, break down that wall of not trusting anybody just so that you can get the help that you need and that you feel better you have to break down those walls like that's the work you have to put into getting better I have a question 
So like say it's in the middle of the night, what are some techniques or things that people can do? Like if they can't, it's like 3 a.m. and you have nobody to turn to at that moment. What are some different like techniques or something that you can do to like calm yourself down or like derail Wait, the situation? I have a question. Like, so is this in regards to you having a panic attack or like, like what is this question in regards to? Like just spiraling. Like overthinking, you're anxious, you're thinking about everything that could go wrong in your life. Mm-hmm. Well, I think number one is if it's there's nobody else that you can reach out to. Like some people, some of y'all are awake at 3 a.m. in the morning, all right? So if if you not anymore, if you can't reach out to one of those, you know, insomniacs, then and it's just you. Um, there, there's different things that you can do. You can number one, if you feel like you need to release what's going on and you need to let go of that energy of what you're spiraling with. I would, there's different things that you can do. You can journal. And for some people, they don't like to journal. They don't like to write down or read, read what they're saying. You can like some, some, some of the people that I work with, they don't like to write down or read, read what they're saying. So what they'll do is like record uh, voice memos, or they'll even take videos of themselves and just kind of releasing everything that would, they would share with somebody. So that way they can share, they can share that with someone in the future. Yeah. Some of us have experience. Yeah. So then, or, or if you feel like you're spiraling so much that you can't, you don't have words or a way to express yourself, I would release some of that energy. Cause when you're feeling that anxious, you're obviously having a somatic reaction to what's happening. So I would do something to kind of release that physical energy that you're feeling from spiraling. So sometimes I'll say like, do like a quick jumping jack or do like a quick something like run in place just to kind of release all that energy because you're pumping yourself up with all that energy. So just letting go of that physically will help you to kind of relax your body. Um, There's a lot of skills that you can use when it comes to um, feeling overstimulated and feeling overwhelmed um, that you can do to help (laughs) <laughs> I'm just like imagine tonight I'm dead I just like I'm sleeping and all I hear is like jumping jacks I'm like oh no I like barge and chase me I'm like are you okay so like do you guys believe that mental health can be cured the goal of mental health is stability it's to promote stability It's to make sure that we feel stable in the way that we're feeling so if you're feeling not well when it comes to your mental health, what we focus on is reducing the intensity of what we're experiencing. So that's what we we focus on when it comes to mental health and treatment. But like treatment options to to help with mental health. So we talked about like journaling and exercising to reduce like to rid of the energy that we've pent up. What do we think about when sometimes in like Christian communities, they tell us to like, pray it away or bring it to God, lay your burdens to his feet. That is a treatment option that they provide to us. No, for real, because like when I used to get anxiety, like there was this like guilt in me sometimes, which is maybe TMI, but you know, we're on a podcast. So I'll be like, I'll be like kind of like guilty because I'd be like, whoa, am I not praying enough? Or like, am I not close? Because I'm like, why am I feeling so anxious? I'm like, I'm supposed to be like a child of God. Like, why am I like getting anxiety attack anxiety attacks all the time right. you know i'd be like oh god like is something wrong with me so <laughs> is there something wrong with me tell me 
again, I'm not on the clock, so I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely agree with pray when you feel anxious. I definitely agree with lay your burdens to the Lord when you feel anxious. I definitely agree with um, you know, going to God when you are feeling anxious. I also believe that you have to put in the work in order for you to work on your mental health. You can't just pray and for it and go away. I think that you have to pray and you also have to make do certain things to make sure that you bring that prayer to life and that you do certain things to take care of yourself. Because even having a relationship with God, it's him doing the work and us doing the work. Right. So, yes, we do have to go to God when we are feeling anxious, but we also have to make sure that we reflect on what's actually going on. What situations do we have to change? What things do we have to implement in our lives in order for to uh, that prayer to be fulfilled? Yes, sister. Yeah. <laughs> that we Don't be lazy. <laughs> I think it's also important to like recognize that like god gave us a lot of resources on this earth that we can turn to right and so like yes pray read your bible spend to have a relationship with god but also use the resources that are given to you right, right. amen hallelujah glory part two amen <laughs> get that get that christian therapist bro get that christian therapist <laughs> yeah. can i also just say it's kind of unfair that people put so much burden on like pray it away because for physical illnesses we right. go to the doctor right we need medications yes we pray right god can heal anything yes 100 but we still go to the doctor to get that blood pressure medication correct right. so Whoa, i actually I never just, thought of it like that before you're blowing so my mind so wrong Right. Again, I think it's because of the lack of education of mental health and it's seeming like there's something wrong with you because you are feeling um, you're experiencing something. And we definitely need to change the stigma of that as well, that if you're going through depression, if you're going through anxiety, if you're going through um, trauma, if you're going through OCD, if you're going through anything, there's nothing wrong with you. You're experiencing something mm -hmm. and you need to do something in order for maybe to help you through that experience. So again, like we were saying before, we need to have some grace for people who might not have that education, but it's also important for us to educate. So I think I it's like that. important that like people who step up and admit that something's happening to that they're experiencing something like that's important that they recognize that they did that because taking that first step is really hard and acknowledging that um, is like an achievement in itself. Like telling going to talk to somebody or like um right. and going off what we were talking before a lot of the times like with the way that we were were we were taught when it comes to our relationship with god or just the pressures of uh, of people not knowing how to help us i think it's important for us to just like Celine said like to recognize that you made a big step in addressing what you're going through and number two is um you're not, when people are asking you or people are reaching out to you or when people are in your life, they're there for a reason and you're not a burden to their lives by sharing what's going on in their, in your life. Mm -hmm. You, you, you know, there's people and there's relationship in your life for a reason. You're not a burden, burden for sharing what you're experiencing. If someone is making you feel like a burden, like that is like, I feel like that's, because sometimes it happens like you know like there are people out there that are like they make you make you feel awful right so I feel like I feel like as a reminder like don't let that one person don't let that one person like push you away from all people you know 
And I think that unintentionally we invalidate people. Yeah. Like unintentionally we invalidate people when someone's going through something and we have to be very aware of that by accident. We make people feel like a burden because by certain things that we say or do and how people perceive that. I feel like we also have to have discernment and be aware of like when people, when we shouldn't go to certain people, like they're asking certain questions, like, are you depressed? Are you like, are you okay? Like in a condescending way, like, are you on your period? Like those types of questions. Bro, my sister asked me that. <laughs> Oof. Along with that, like along with like, oh, when, a, when someone's like, oh, are you on your period and stuff like that? Like what are other things that like people, or, like, even us, like what should we know to avoid to say, like, especially when someone's going through something? Because like, we don't want to like, set them off or something like that like what are things that we should be aware of when someone comes up to you and is willing to share what they're experiencing I would recommend that you listen and actively listen to what they're what they're saying so sometimes what happens is like we want to share our experience to kind of relate which I definitely do think that that's appropriate at times but I think sometimes what happens is like we make it about us and not really listen to them. So I would definitely wholeheartedly listen to what they're saying. Um, and I wouldn't say like, again, compare, don't compare when someone is going through something and they're, they're sharing what their experiences are like, oh, but like, what about all those people out there who's, you know, this, this and that? It's like, yeah, that's that's an issue. But what this person is going through is also an issue. So I really like I, I recommend you not to compare what's going on. So when we're actively listening, so I'm thinking about that comparison thing that you're saying. What if we have had an experience similar to what they're experiencing and we decide, okay, this is a good opportunity for me to share what I've been through and how I came out of that. Would that be helpful to them and a good like a good way to act, show them that you're actively listening? Yeah, I mean, I definitely would. I don't think that, you know, I... I definitely would share your experiences in order for them to feel like they're not alone in what they're experiencing. But don't forget that that's a snippet of the conversation, right? To make sure that you go back to what they're experiencing. And I feel like another thing that people should not do is go up to someone who's obviously going through a hard time and saying, are you okay? Like, what's going on? I feel like if you're not ready to, to hear the All the aunties answer, and uncles are not ready to hear that. <laughs> you're like, they notice something and they'll just be like, are you okay? A lot of the times people break down when you say, are you okay? I'm fine. And, I'm fine. <laughs> so, I mean, there's certain ways to address if you see somebody struggling. And I don't think it's necessarily going head on and saying, are you okay? There's other ways to check in on someone or address their, you know, their that a person is struggling I have a question with that like do you think it's wrong so say I'm not close to a person right um do you think and I notice that they're not doing well and like something's a little off do you think it's okay for me to go to someone that I know is close to them and be like hey I think there's something going on would you be able to you know, like, is that considered meddling? Like, what would you uh, think? No, about I think that's definitely like, it's, it's that, that, that mentality of see something, say something, right? Like if you see somebody struggling, we have a responsibility as a community to be there for some, for, for each other. But if we don't have that relationship close enough to say something, then 
I would definitely go to someone if maybe it's someone that they're close to and they, you know, that they feel safe with and that that person would be more receptive of hearing what, you know, their friend or whoever has to say, or it's the way that you address it. So if you go up to that person and be like, oh, like in a gossipy way and with the mat, like with bad intention, then yeah, it's not, obviously it's not, it's not appropriate. But if you go up to a person that you uh, trust that they would do something about the situation where you feel like you're not able to, you know, share that and say, I don't know what to do in the situation, but I'm really concerned about that person. Uh, do you think that, you know, we can, we can do, you know, like you can talk to them or do something about it? I feel like one of the things that you can do is if you see somebody that you're not close to that is going through something, I feel like you don't necessarily have to go out of your way and say are you good like is something wrong with you I feel like you can just be like hey like um how you been like I haven't spoken to you in forever do you want to catch up do you want to get coffee boom if they say yes (laughs) great if they say no then right I mean that's the thing you don't have to necessarily go up to be like oh I noticed you are doing this and you're not looking good my sister say that like sometimes it's again a lot of the times especially we we feel like we're not comfortable sharing what we want to say if we notice something creating that safe place for that person to share something is so important so you don't necessarily have to be like no I'm gonna keep this to myself and I will share this with anybody you can tell me anything that's a little intimidating whereas if you were to ask them and just check in and see how they're doing in entirety and not just with what's wrong, they're going to feel more up. They're going to feel more safe with you in order for them to share. So I would definitely go about it with just checking in and not necessarily going head in on. I also, I also feel like there's a time and place to like time and place to like say stuff. Like if I'm like, there's like, if I'm home with my sister, right. I'm just going to like, if I'm home with my sister, obviously like, okay, I'm wearing like whatever. If I'm out and everyone's around us and I'm like and I see this I'm not gonna be like Che like are you gonna cry right now like right I also think like when you are having those conversations with people it's like one thing that I've learned that I've been doing and people seem to be responding to it is like asking them hey do you want to just have me sit here and listen or do you want to figure out this out do you want solutions do you want me to walk you through it with them or do you want to hear like other stuff about it like I think that's important like asking them what they need in that moment because people need different things everybody reacts differently everybody responds differently I also think that like this wasn't something that was like an opportunity before like I feel like in our brown community, it's so common. It's so hard to distinguish whether someone is like being nosy or if they genuinely care. So I think that conversation, I mean, that um, that point and that shift in like our, our nature and our personality that needs to shift. Like, it's so hard to figure out, like if someone is asking, like, are you okay? Like, I don't want to be like, is it because they actually care or are they just trying to like spread gossip, you know? Well, again, as much as I always say that you should reach out and you should, you know, don't handle, you know, your burdens by yourself. 
be very wary about who you do share what's going on what, what's actually going on you, like I said before you want to be able to feel safe with that person you want to be able to when you're sharing something as vulnerable as what you're going through mentally uh you want to trust them right and trust is a lot of the times earned so I would make sure that you uh ref- look at who you're speaking to when it comes to sharing your your mental health and again let's just say there's a difference between somebody who, you know, I, I know I don't have the best relationship with asking if I'm okay versus, versus like my sister or my best friend or whatever, asking me if they, if I'm okay. Right. So that trust is earned. I feel like a key word that Hannah used before was discernment. Like you have to be able to discern who you're talking to. And that is a skill that we like have to get better at. I feel like, you know, Right. Um, I have a question. So, like, say somebody calls, like, you, not like you specifically, like, like you're having a conversation, and a friend tells you something, and they're like, you think they're going to harm themselves, right? How do you, who do you tell, first of all? Second of all, how do you have them feel like you didn't just break their trust? Like, you know what I mean? Like, because because you told somebody this information because you think they're going to harm yourself and you don't have the capabilities of like protecting them or like helping them through it so ultimately i think every situation is different right so let's just say if someone's if someone's sharing something with you you want to be they're trusting you for a reason so you that's their journey that's their story that's their experience that they're sharing with you and bringing you along with it but again it's their story their experience so if you are going to share it with somebody else make sure you that person knows who you're sharing it with who do you tell if you think they're going to harm themselves so the thing is like i would always if you feel like someone's going to harm themselves like i would say like hey i think you like let's go to the hospital i think you need to go to the hospital i think you need to get the care that you need I would, again, if someone is sharing something with you, that's their experience, that's their journey, that's their story. And they're trusting you with that. So if you are, and if you feel like you're not equipped to handle the situation by yourself, I would make sure that you tell that person that you're going to share it with so-and-so. Who do you share it with? I think, again, it's situational, right? It depends on the person. If they are underage, you would have to tell their parents, like they're under their parents' care. And as, as, scary as it is, their parents are their guardians and taking care of them. So you ha- you would have to make sure also encourage them, like maybe tell, you know, be there for them when they tell their parents or let them know, like, I have to tell your parents, I don't, you know, like, because and explain to them why you're doing that. If it's an adult friend, if it's someone that is independent and are able to, to, um, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're if they're an adult, then I would, again, uh, we tell them, like, if they're self-harming, I would say maybe, like, we need to go to the hospital, you're not doing well, and it, it just means that you're going to get the help that you need. If it's, um, you know, um, a friend, if it's maybe someone that you feel safe with, that, that you don't feel like they'll repeat it, then I would tell them, but I think it's definitely situational, but if someone is going through something and you feel like you're not um, equipped to handle that situation, um, tell them that to be like, Oh, like, I can't really help you the way that you need to. Like, is there any way that we can, you know, contact a counselor? Is there any way that like, we can look for a therapist or is there any way that, um, you know, I can help you in this journey, but I really wouldn't share anybody else's experience or journey as scary as it would be with, with anybody. I would only share with people who would actually help that person. 
So like in that situation that we were talking about, like if we find out that somebody's about to harm themselves, what is what are some signs and symptoms that we could watch out in our loved ones, friends and family that we should think about um, attributing to mental illness? Yeah. Well, there's there's a lot. Like if let's just say there's a family or friend that you're specifically worried about, if you see a change in their affect or their personality, if you see a change in their behavior, I would, you know, I would ha- have your ears perked and, and listen to what's actually going on. If they're isolating and they stop going to things, if they just kind of like dropped off the face of the earth, there's something going on. If um, sometimes what happens is people become really good at masking their mental health and what they're what they're going through so they're they'll say certain things in jokes you know or they'll say certain things like haha but like is that a joke or is that what's really going on you know so I would just be there (laughs) there there needs there needs to be an awareness right there needs to be an awareness right about what's going on so if you see somebody really changing their personality if you see someone isolating if you obviously there's like the obvious ones like if you see marks on themselves but yeah i would look for if someone is just their their patterns are changing in the way that they communicate um there's there's different ways that's a like i feel like now in this day and age dark humor is such a thing you do not know when someone is being sarcastic or when they are crying for help right but what's the problem yeah. What's the harm in asking? I feel like now you have to be like, are you joking? Sometimes, sometimes I'm like, I'll be like, oh, was that a joke or not? And they're like, and then I, then I get embarrassed because they're like, you think I actually hit him? I'm like, I don't know. Like, you're being a little too scary over there. I think again, like we said, like we said before, it's better to say something, right? Like it's better to take that precautionary measure, right? So I think it's like, let's just say someone is going through so much mentally and they're going through, um, they're going through so much mentally what happens is you get so warped up in your emotions and you get like that's the only thing you're thinking about that's the only thing that you're you're feeling that's the only thing that like is our major focus sometimes when someone says something it kind of like shifts perspective like oh people are noticing oh i gotta i gotta take care of this right it it kind of like it's better to say something to bring awareness to, even to that person who's going through something like hey you're not alone i see that you're struggling and that can really change someone's perspective and getting help you know how sometimes people think that like mental illness is an attack of the devil? Mm-hmm. How do we be like, this is a constant thing, baby? Like, <laughs> it's 24 7. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> how do we like tell somebody that's like, this is an attack of the devil? Like, hey, no, I actually need so to much now. Right. Like, so when you even when you're talking about just pray about it, it'll right. go away. It's all like, right. I, well, I think there's a difference between like a spiritual situation and a mental situation, right? Like, so I think that, you know, you have to definitely um, like we, we use the word discernment before, right? Have discernment of like what's going on. Is this spiritual or is this mental, right? Like I'll give an example of my line of work and I was I see clients on a, on a daily basis. And I, um, had somebody come into my office who's diagnosed with schizophrenia. And, um, you know, I saw him obviously as a therapist, I don't share anything personal about myself. My patients don't know anything about, um, me personally. And this person came in and was looked at me 
you know, knew my religion, knew my, a little bit about my, my beliefs, knew uh, personal information about me that um, you wouldn't get anywhere, you know, and it was very scary and they were kind of coming at me and just being very personal in what they were say saying. And in that moment, I, I knew like, that's spiritual. Like, that's not, that's something that's going on that I know, you know, I didn't know if it was an attack or anything, but that was definitely spiritual. And in that moment, I had to use my discernment and say like, hey, I got to pray over myself. I got to pray over my family. I got to pray over, you know, whatever this person is saying and rebuke whatever is, you know, coming my way and um, pray over myself, you know, and I think it's number, it's important, but I only had that because I had, like, I was able to handle that situ situation in that way because I had that discernment. Right. And yeah. And I was definitely in that moment, like with my line of work, you have to kind of be spiritually equipped in order for you to survive in this, this line of work, you know, for real, if that, if that was happening to me, I started crying. <laughs> I'd start crying so quick, bro. Right. And I think that's the thing. Like you definitely, not just like as a therapist, but just in general, like when you face these kind of situations, cause you just don't, you don't face these kind of situations just in therapy your friends can have be going through this, you know, you can be seeing this at school, you can be seeing this at work. So we have to uh, pray and pray for ourselves, pray that we're, that God will give us the wisdom and knowledge to be able to handle situations like this and be, and discern when there's an, a, a spiritual attack on, on someone and something's going on mentally. And uh, you got to use that discernment, man somebody asked from the audience um what can you do if you are really struggling to find any purpose to live that's a that's a big question <laughs> i mean i think when it comes to that like we were talking about before that's something that you would have to seek within yourself i think that i truly believe that everyone was made on this earth for a purpose or purposes not just one thing and there's a different purpose in different seasons Right. So I think that like you would have to self-reflect and um, and see within yourself and God what that purpose is. And even if you feel like, oh, I don't really know what my purpose in, is in this season, doesn't mean that you don't have a purpose as a person. It just means that like it's it's coming and we're in a state of preparation for whatever that is. And it's just to be patient and where you are in in the season that you are in right now and to really self-reflect and continuously reflect on what that is how do you navigate um the, like the brown culture with like the pressure to succeed the this thing that's held over you of becoming a doctor a engineer lawyer like all these high-end careers that your parents want you to go into or like even uncles aunts people surrounding you in the brown community like how do you deal with that I am currently still healing from that so <laughs> <laughs> when I find out, I'll tell you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I definitely do agree that there's so much pressure and so much, uh, so many expectations that we have from the brown community that definitely take a toll on our self-esteem. And it's that it's hard for that not to affect the way that we see ourselves and the standard standard that we're supposed to be at, right? But in the life that we're given, God gave us our lives. Right. So I think it's important to say that we have to live according to God's plans. 
not according to anybody else's plans. And yes, we're going to hear a lot of noise in between and try to figure out what that is and what God's plan is. But I think it's important for you to focus on that God specifically made a plan and created your life for a reason and that, that we need to follow that. And I think that when there is so much outside noise, that it will be there, right? Amen, sister. <laughs> it takes a this is fire. <laughs> and I think it's important for us to be able to like, you know, have um, that mentality of like, yeah, okay, fine. Like one ear and out the other. Right. But there are certain people in our lives that we might not like hearing their advice. And I do agree that not all advice is good advice, but there's people out there who say what they need to say. Maybe their approach isn't always right, but they say what they need to say in order for them to actually feel like they're helping you. So I wouldn't just be like, well, I'm living my own life and nobody can say anything to me. And, you know, uh, you know, it's just me and I would respect the relationships that we do and the people, you know, uh, that we have in our lives and, you know, their um, opinions, but it doesn't mean you have to follow them. Right. Facts. So you have can to. Can I make- just, can I just defend the uncles and aunties for a second? Some uncles and aunties for a second. Okay. I, I genuinely think some of them out there are just, they just want the best for you. Right. Correct. And some of these jobs that like, I, I want to say like that don't pay as much they ju- just just generally want you to have a good life and what they could think that is a good life is like for you to be settled and have a good job to have money so that you don't have to face the struggles that they they might have faced when they came to this country right and so I just generally think they just don't approach it in a good way I just think it's important like as even like kids who are listening like they're choosing what they're going into for their next career like if people say things to you, don't let that like affect your, or like, cause sometimes like there are people with good intentions, but there are people with really bad intentions and think what they say to you is what you're supposed to do. And so I think as you're going in, like, don't let that hinder you from following what you feel like you should be going into. Right. And I think when certain people share what their opinions are or their expectations are, their standards, like, yes, like we want to be able to filter it, filtered, filter it, <laughs> filter it to a way that it's appropriate for our lifestyle, appropriate for, for us, right? So we don't necessarily have to take their people's opinions as demands, but we can maybe use that as motivation and maybe what we can be doing or what we should be doing. But again, they're not just because people have opinions, they're not demanding what to do. Again, their approach can be a little demanding, but again, you could use that as motivation and ultimately it's up to you and God what happens in your life. Yes, Miss Girl. Yes. And can I just say anything that you do, you just have to give it a 110% because you can make anything work nowadays. Can I just say people are doing makeup and social media and getting more money than (laughs) any of us out here. So you can make any, literally, you can do anything. You just have to work hard at it. And I think there's a difference about when someone's like, oh, I want, to, I just want the best for you. Like, okay, want the best for me. And then like, there's a difference when they just look look down upon you for choosing a career that they didn't like, up, like they didn't approve. Um, Somebody had came up to me. I was heading into the path of being an accountant. Um, Even though they said I shouldn't be an accountant, that's not the reason I'm not an accountant today. Just putting that out there. Um, <laughs> But they did say like, 
I should not be an accountant because an accountant is a male's job and I should be a nurse because that's what girls do. Brown girls do become a nurse or do something in the medical field instead of becoming an accountant. And that really hurt because I like rethought my whole life in those 15 seconds. Like, am I not supposed to do this? Like if someone has an opinion, it's an opinion. Right. So it's not a demand of what you should be doing. You could use, let's just say again, God had different plans for you. Let's just say you wanted to be an accountant, right? You would use that as motivation to be like, all right, that's what people think, or that's what, you know, like that's the opinion of that person. I'll be that woman that's an accountant, right? And use that as motivation. It's not a it's 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 an opinion. It's just an opinion, right? And we'll just keep it at that. Like we don't want to give life to let's just say like Salim was saying that there's certain people with bad intentions and we don't want to give life to that right we don't allow someone to speak over our lives that's god right we speak over our lives we pray over our lives right so when people say certain opinions that's not don't don't give life to it right amen that was a good one haters are my motivators (laughs) amen (laughs) Someone had asked on our Instagram, which you guys should go check out because you guys can ask all these questions and you could be featured on our podcast. Um, it's what should a person do if they can't afford therapy? Yeah, Like me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Again, luckily, there are a lot of resources nowadays that we can turn to when it comes to um, I would definitely promote if people can afford it and they're ready for it to go to therapy. But unfortunately, that's not for everybody, right? So if there's people in your church, if there's people in your congregation that you feel comfortable with going to, that you feel, let me preference, that you feel comfortable going to, I would definitely reach out to them. Um, but I I would check it with your insurances first and see a lot of therapists and a lot of their uh, counselors are, are covered under your, your insurance. So I would check your, your insurance. Uh, I would also reach out to a therapist and see if they have a sliding scale or certain discounts that maybe you can reach at, like you can. What's a sliding scale? Um, um, I Googled sliding scale. Sliding scale fees are fees for services that are adjusted depending on an in- individual's income. They are set usually to allow fairness and to address income inequality. If you're in school or if you're in college, I would also reach like a lot of co- uh, colleges have uh, counseling centers that don't, that are free or are covered under your insurance. Some workplaces also have like employee assistant programs where they um, have a platform where you can go to when it comes to um, reaching out for therapy. There's also a lot of free support groups. If you're not able to get into individual therapy, I would go to some uh, free support uh, groups. NAMI is one of them uh, that you can reach out to and see what they have. Um, There's a lot of them. But if you can't right now go to therapy, again, there's a lot of resources like self-help books, um, podcasts, not just this one, but there's other, a lot of podcasts that are specifically based on um, anxiety, trauma, anything, right, that you can really listen to. And there's meditation apps. There's a lot of apps and resources that you can, um, you can use. Now it's time for Hannah's Corner. Wasn't that music so good? yep anyway yes i was spending a lot of this time trying to figure out what to do but so oh, you were not paying attention to me no i was i'm not me 
<laughs> For today's segment, we are going to quizzy wizzy the special guest therapist, counselor, social worker. And we are going to, I'm going to describe a TV character, movie character, and you are going to try to diagnose them and figure out what they got. Are you down for that? Um, yeah, I'm no expert, but I'll try my best. You are supposed to be. Pressure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first one, Joe from you. What do you think this Wait, man first got? of all, I that show is... The best show ever. I, I actually like that show a I lot. I love it, that I don't show. know why it's... I, I genuinely like that show, which is not good. Children, don't watch, okay? <laughs> okay, ready? Don't watch that show. This is what they have as his, um, as his uh, description. He's a young man who has a pattern of becoming obsessed with certain women, stalking them, winning them over, and killing anyone around them he believes has wronged his lover. Um, homeboy is antisocial personality disorder okay that is why to the T. all right well first of all he has no regard for anybody else's feelings except for his okay the stalking that's a part of antisocial personality disorder uh, how about the murdering yeah the murdering he's very impulsive um and he has no remorse for his behavior like he thinks it's right oh social. my god i looked it up to see what clinician said and that's right they diagnose him with antisocial. And Why are you surprised? Um, I just want to let everybody know I am a clinician too. Okay, bye. Oh. <laughs> um, I was uh, your fellow colleagues thought the same thing. That was all I was trying to say. Not that. Oh, you. Thank you for the validation. So the next Miss Guru is Meredith Gray from Gray's Anatomy. She, this is also another. So there's a lot of things she has, but we're just going to focus on the fact that she just keeps putting herself in dangerous situations like sticking her hand in a heart when there's a bomb in there you know <laughs> running into the ocean not the fact that she got like daddy issues and like trauma and all that i mean if you trust want to- issues yeah, no, she got mommy issues too. Though. She got mommy issues too, Miss Ellen. Authority. She has authority issues. Well, I think number one is I, I love Meredith Grey. Just want to clarify that. I love Meredith Grey. I love the show and I, I'm an avid supporter. So please don't cancel me, people. All right. But I do think that she has a little bit of narcissistic personality disorder. And that's a little tough because narcissistic personality disorder gets a bad rep. And for the most part, they ain't wrong. But when it comes to like her hero complex, you have to, you have to be a little narcissistic. Well, you have to be narcissistic in order for you to have that complex. But I think I'm a little wary of that just because she like her intentions are to save other people. And it's not like a, like a selfish reason, which a lot of times it's, uh, that's what narcissistic personality disorder they derive of. So I don't know. I, I'm a little wary about that one. She got a little bit of everything. The next one is Miss Monica Geller from Friends. Ooh, she is like, Oh, I see a lot can of I like, try? Can I try before you yes, go? Yes. Go ahead, go ahead. OCD. Woo! Obsessive compulsive disorder. Why do you OCD. think so? Um, because she's obsessed with cleaning and she <laughs> has to, she has, she's compulsed to act on her obsession. Yeah, it's not just like like remember that one time where Chandler like moved things and like she noticed like the magnet was different on the fridge. Yeah, that's um, 
hardcore OCD right there. Okay, <laughs> next one is my girl Raven <laughs> from uh, That's So Raven. Not her actual her, just her character. character. Not Raven Simone. Um, I just want to say, since there are certain um, supporters who are listening to this, whoever um, compared me to Raven growing up, I am healing from <laughs> that. People when we were growing up, because I was a very eccentric in my personality. I just want to take the time to apologize because I definitely called out one of those people. Remember when we said, say something? I am saying something, Sharon. Okay, I'm just kidding. I'm so sorry. And I am here apologizing. um, We will work on forgiveness. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Raven, for sure. Um, she's a girl psychotic. <laughs> she has <laughs> she like when she her visions are definitely visual hallucinations. She's a did you, you did not just call her a psycho. No, I know I didn't call her a psycho. I said she has psychosis. Okay, describe psychosis then. It's when you have hallucinations, which are things that um, uh, Mama, they were a- visions. They were brought into fruition. <laughs> <laughs> she fruition did prophecy. Her. She's a prophetess. Oh prophecy? no, no. Prophecy? Oh, oh no. I prophesied. I'm pretty sure that's a drug. That's Percocet. Last yeah. one. Oh. This is a real person. I'm sorry, honey, if you're listening to this, but Mr. Scott Disney, there's something <laughs> wrong with you. I'm so sorry. No, there's nothing wrong with him. He's experiencing there's something. He's just I, don't listen family. to me, Mr. Scott. You're fine, but something <laughs> he's not. He's experiencing things. You know what? I love how, like, he's actually a real like <laughs> yeah. character so like there's just more things i can diagnose him with than the character Todd Crane. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god scott i think definitely struggles with alcoholism he in he, the past he's moved on no but just because you're sober doesn't mean that you don't have alcoholism just kidding he's so good it's an addiction so that he uh, but i also just think, alcohol though i thought it was all no. like other substances too yeah i think he has like substance use issues but alcoholism and substance use addiction i definitely do think he has a dependent personality disorder um which is he's so clingy he's so wait let me defend my boy scott let me defend my boy scott no, but he like he's a little upset. Like he's very clingy to all. I would be so upset if I had no family and you guys are my only family and you guys had a dinner party without me. I would no, cry. No, but you wouldn't understand beneath the bub, but you wouldn't understand the fact that his wife, his ex, whatever that he like treated so poorly is like fiance and everything. Like I would be I would be awful. I I feel for him in the fact that he has no other family. So the Kardashians are his only family. So when he's the only one not invited to family events, yes, that's painful. But like also I understand the viewpoint of Yes, there's a different way to go about it but you know maybe he's really distraught he's going through right no i definitely think that he doesn't have a lot of support from what we see like he might have supports outside of this you know out of the kardashians but the way that he depends on them so much like even like his confidence or anything like that it's i i do think that it's dependent uh personality disorder i also think he has her histrionic personality disorder oh like my girl miss he always, that's why i think it's a mix of dependent and also histrionic oh no you just miss her miss amber heard i don't like you <laughs> <laughs> is that the 
remember her impression? Yeah, we wanted to talk about Johnny and Depp, but I would have gotten too many. Johnny way. and Depp. <laughs> Who's Johnny and Depp? Johnny Depp and Heard. <laughs> I don't like you. All right. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. I know that was a pretty heavy topic, um, but I hope um, we hit on all the points that were asked of us and then some. I think that this is a really great start to um, a, um, a great conversation that we can have in our own individual lives and friend groups. So with that said, Oh, and if you have any more questions and if you need more resources, we will be putting that on our Instagram page. So head over there and click that follow button while you're there and um, join us um, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. We will be posting every every other Tuesday. So don't miss out. All right, guys. I hope you had a good time with us. Bye. Good night, everyone. (laughs) Jesus loves you. Bye.